It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is Sweden's Queen of Swing, Gunhild Carling. She'll be performing one night only at the Italian American Club this Sunday, November 21st at 8 p.m. For ticket information, go to IACVegas.com. And for everything about Gunhild, go to GunhildCarling.net. And you can follow her on Facebook at Gunhild Carling Fan Club and on Instagram at Gunhild Carling. And Gunhild, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, and I've been I've been practicing my Swedish language, so it's Great. it's called Gunhild in Sweden, but Gunhild here in America. Yeah, it's actually the same word. It means uh, a weapon, but for Viking uh, in Viking, it's an old name. Yes, I like it. What attracted you to swing? The melodies, the chords, the whole thing. With if you imagine a gap party with all these dresses and this hot music and yeah wild and uh, improvised feeling and how old were you when you first decided that you were going to be the queen of swing because it's not just you it's a whole band i mean it's a whole show with dresses and costumes and music and fun and all of that how did that how did you first start to put that all together were you a teenager or then a young adult at the time no, I was a kid. I started touring when I was seven years old uh, because my father, he was like tragic king in, in Sweden. So he played in Armstrong style and big Spiderbeck style. He played hot, really hot trumpet. And I played trombone and we played the old stuff, you know, Basin Street Blues and those things. So how much of an influence did you have from America when clearly there's that big band swing era of Benny Goodman and Tommy Dorsey and Artie Shaw. Yeah, it's my, I must say, it's my everything. I listen to jazz every day, the classic jazz. Glenn Miller, Tommy Dorsey, Louis Armstrong, of course, is my biggest hero. Duke Ellington, uh, Billie Holiday, Count Basie, it's all that. But what I create, because we are here and now, what I like is the energy, the melodies, the love songs, of course, and this that you shall be inspired and the inspiration and include the audience in my inspiration. That is the most important thing for me. I can see that because if you watch some of your shows on YouTube, sometimes you can watch a YouTube show or a YouTube video and that's enough for everybody. But when they see what you're doing on YouTube, you want to go see the live show because there's clearly an energy there that transmits over video, but you want to catch it live. So I would imagine you get a lot of people that come to see your shows, and including, the, as I mentioned, the one coming up this Sunday, November 21st, at the Italian American Club, where they want to experience that energy and that talent live. Yeah, I want the energy to be contagious and to, to get everyone, like, they feel, oh, I love this music so much, and feel happy and dance and... Uh, I do a lot of show stuff as well, because, uh, for example, we parade with a band like Verba Street Parade. Uh, I dance 
Charleston, I tap dance, and I play three trumpets at the same time. Absolutely amazing. I, I think having been in Las Vegas many, many years, the closest that I can connect you to in terms of lineage, in terms of entertainment, is Louis Prima. I love Louis Prima. That's the energy. That's the great, great melodies, great, fantastic, positive energy. And uh, you feel very happy and you feel very involved in the music, like the songs and uh, the rhythms and so. So that is what I'm looking a lot into, the big band and the Louis Prima stuff. I would say, I, yeah, uh, that, that's what is my influence. Yeah, it comes across. And also, I'm wondering, because you tour a lot, would you, at some point, if you wanted to, and, and you could set up in Las Vegas on a regular basis, would you perform? Because, again, going back to Louis Prima when he performed in the Sahara Lounge, everybody went to see him on a regular basis. Would you be comfortable staying in one place for a long period of time? Or do you, are you so used to touring that you just want to go and tour? I tour a lot. So now I have this autumn, I have over 50. The uh, 50 shows to do on different places from Hawaii to Washington and New York all over the country but um, to stay on one place would be great to connect to the audience and to yeah to have a stage of my own that would be great and that way people from all over can come to see you rather than having to tour but you're a trooper and you've been doing this so long what's fascinating to me about your show is it's not that you're just capturing an era and you're not just capturing a sound and you're not just capturing a time, but you put it all together in a unique way. You're, and I must say your English is better than my Swedish. <laughs> I can tell you that right off the yeah, bat. I... <laughs> so, <laughs> all I, so far all I've managed is Gunhild. So there you go. That's about it. And Ikea. I think I could do Ikea. There you go. Those, those are two words. Ikea. Yeah. Ikea on uh... Uh, in Swedish. Yeah, well, see, already I goofed. Ikea, okay. Yeah, no, Fair enough. no, 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 perfect, perfect. <laughs> if I had to narrow you down to a particular composer or lyricist who influenced you the most, who would that be? And probably somebody from America, and if there's somebody from Sweden, mention them as well. Uh, I would say for me, personal, uh, I love the Great American Songbook. It's my, I would say, it sounds may be pretentious, but it's like my Bible. I look into it every day, the love songs. I love Gershwin, I love Cole Porter, but maybe my favorite is Fats Waller. Interesting. I gonna sit right down and write myself a letter or a misbehaving, saving all my love for you. <laughs> That's great. Isn't it something that the Great American Songbook has not only survived, not only endured, but prospered over the decades since it was the first part of the American cultural scene. And obviously, it's expanded globally, but just the fact that we're now in 2021 and this music lives on. This music will live forever because it is like an era, like the Vienna music, like Mozart. And so they, it was a time they created melodies that everyone can sing. Like when you're smiling... Or all of me. Why not? There are. It. It always includes love. So there is not no doubts about what it is. <laughs> it is like mm, 
it's not a mirror of the exact year what's going on right now politically or anything. It's about love, so it's eternal. It is, and it's also about, as you mentioned, it's a melody, and melodies are eternal as well because they're not dependent on a particular culture or a particular point in time. No, exactly. And there were those melody writers, and then they went to arrangers, and then they went to a big artist to sing these melodies. As Hoagy Carmichael said, if Louis Armstrong took up one of your melodies that you composed, your, you had your happiness because that was, that meant everything. If a big artist took your melody and sang it and recorded it. What's important to you from the point of view of a performer? Is it the melody or is it the lyrics or is it obviously the combination of the two? But from your point of view, is it better to have a, a rhythm, a melody, or is it just as important to have specific lyrics? Yeah, it's a combination of all. Uh, there are um, what, so the energy, the jazz in itself with like the improvisation and the, I'm into old style jazz, you know, so I like modern jazz, but I I prepare the old style, 20, 30, 40. So it's like very punchy melodies, great chord changes, modulations, and uh, a lot of arrangements. And so, so you never get bored of this song, and the song only dures for less than four minutes. So I like that. Do you still have to practice on a regular basis? Because you are a multi-instrumentalist, as I mentioned. And you, not just that, you dance and you sing and you're, you're fronting this band. Does it require a lot of practice or rehearsals, even though you know what you're going to do as you go from city to city? Yeah, I need to play every day. I, I feel that the most important is to play together with other musicians. So with my ensemble, uh, we practice, we play together every day because timing is the most important that it swings. Like that, um, today they call it groove, but that everyone is tight. It has to be tight and you shall, so as a musician, you shall have a drive, but you shall at the same time listen where is everybody else. So this listening at the same time as you have an enormous drive and feel, uh, it's something it's, of course, a talent, but you have to keep it going every day. And added, timing. Yeah, yeah, timing is very important. How often do you add to your, I'll call it to your, your songbook list? In other words, how often do you add a new song or tune to what you have normally performed as you go from city to city? In other words, are you looking at new songs? When I say new songs, I'm really referring to songs of the Great American Songbook. Are you looking for new songs within that catalog? even as you already have an established set list? Uh, I have, uh, I always, I never get rid of my hits. For example, I play, um, I do hothead and I tap dance. And so I have a lot of people come to see that certain song or I play bagpipe blues. My father composed that. Um, but then I try to, every place I come, I, I write a special song. So I have written a song called Good Evening Las Vegas and Welcome to My Show. And it's not so easy to rhyme on Vegas. So this evening, <laughs> will, Vegas, this evening will take us. Yes, see, I see where you go with that. Great. 
Maybe I could use it for you my know, own theme song then. That would be good. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, yeah, the classic American songbook always have true rhyme. So, but now you, sometimes you have to do some few corrections. In the or adjustments. Yeah, that makes sense. In the 30s and 40s, there weren't that many female either songwriters or lyricists. One that I always bring up when I talk to people who enjoy the Great American Songbook is Dorothy Fields, who wrote The Sunny Side of the Street as oh. one. Oh, oh, yes. I like Lil Hard in Armstrong's first wife, oh, second wife. Uh, it was... Um, she wrote great hits in the 20s, like Stratton with some barbecue. So she really writes, oh, baby, let me put you down. If he dares, I pick you up for myself. She wrote great songs. But mainly, I, you know, I, I follow, I just follow my heart. So I hear a melody that I love. And I like fall dead down, and I have to sing that melody. <laughs> Are you the, the decider in the band so that maybe one of the bands suggests a song, but until you decide to fall down with it, it's not going to happen in the show? I, I faint a little every show because there are, I try to choose the wonderful melodies. But you have. It's one of my favorites. I'm going to sing one for you now. Great. My sin was loving you, not wisely but well. Your sin was letting me and getting me in your cell. Our sin was following a love that could never be. Now my song great I like, I like it and thank you for singing <laughs> it and playing it that was great do you, how do you keep your it's, it's almost a redundant question because clearly you have so much passion for this but I was gonna I'll still ask the question how do you keep that energy and joy up from city to city as you tour either on a bus or a plane or sailing the seven seas you are consistently high energy how do you do that because I get up and I'm tired, but you get up and you're you're ready to go. Uh, well, so I I go up and I go out and I see that like ordinary life, like people in the bus comes driving there and people go to work. Like if they are bored out, and I think, okay, let's spread, let's fill the world with sunshine, or let's fill my day with happiness and joy, and then I just. I see like inspiration as an addiction. I always have to be inspired. So I keep the inspiration going and going and going. I always sing. I always have melodies in my head. I'm always singing, composing, playing nonstop, nonstop. Do you ever have a moment where you are, I don't want to use the word self-reflective, but more where you just sit quietly and think about things in a nice, quiet, meditative way? Or are you just, you always remind me, you remind me of uh, a little bit of like Sophie Tucker, who just had this grab life and was out there performing and just had this energy and drive 
and knew how to sell a song and knew how to sell her. And that's what you do, as I see it. But is there any moment where you have a few moments of quiet reflection, or are you just on constantly with energy and joy and, and, and as you said, inspiration? Yeah, for example, when I come to my hotel room, it's totally quiet. Like, the door closes, and it's like zero. No sound, nothing. And at that point, you're able to sit back and just relax. Yeah, and then in this quietness, in this silence, there comes a melody of itself comes in. So I need once in a while, five minutes to just sit quiet and there comes the new inspiration. So what you're saying is even when you're quiet, you're really being creative. Your subconscious is coming up with new material. But do you ever get a point where you're just by yourself quiet and you just tune everything out just to recharge or is that you're not built that way? No, because... If I am inspired and I, for example, inspire the people around me, they give back. So my biggest fear is to lose my inspiration and, yeah, get lost in ordinary things. Interesting. So you don't spend too much time with ordinary things in order to maintain that enthusiasm, that joy, and that creative spark. Exactly. I've never met anyone like that before. So this is a first for me. And when you're on the road and you're inspiring not only the audience, but you're inspiring your fellow members of the band and you're inspiring the people that work to get you all set up, you don't find that ever exhausting? It just feeds on itself? As you said earlier, they give back to you? No, because I think as an artist and a musician, I was born to fill people's life with wonderful melodies and a wonderful imagination of a place where you can come and just relax and listen and be yourself. You don't have to think of, oh, who am I? Am I good enough or not? No, no, no. You shall relax, forget about everything, about your troubles, and just fall in love with the music. And uh, the, what I want to create is a magic. It's my dream every night. If I can create a magic that, wow, this was the night of the night. Magic making, it's always good. Was there, yeah. was there one person who was a mentor to you growing up that inspired you to go down this path? Uh, my family has always inspired me. My father was always like talking a little like I do. That is about the inspiration. And he was playing nonstop. From the moment I woke up, I heard him sitting by the piano and search for new chord progresses. And, and then he was, uh, when I came, came, came to breakfast, yeah, I've heard this new song. Oh, listen to this. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I always, he was always, he said that you must be an inspired person. And you, took, you took that to heart and you obviously went with it. When was your first? There is no other way. When was your first connection with someone in the world, beyond your family, in the world of music that also helped you to grab hold of what you do? Was there a professional musician or was it even someone who was a big name performer that you encountered who gave you some great tips and more inspiration to continue down this road? Yeah, I have been listening to a lot of great musicians. Every musician I hear actually inspires me a little 
uh, I mean, because live music is very contagious in a way. So live music is very important. And yeah. But when you're traveling and you have a chance to meet, and I don't know that you have, that's why I'm asking this question. Have you had a chance to meet some of the people that you idolize? Because clearly you're out and about touring and people will come to see the show and or you'll meet somebody in the same city that you'll go to see their show. Were there any of those kinds of performers, entertainers, musicians that you met live, not listening to the recording, but met live in within their show or your show that you were surprised to meet? In other words, someone that you looked up to and all of a sudden now you're meeting them face to face. Yeah, I would say I had a fantastic opportunity when I was young because in the 1920s, there was a great Detroit band called the Gene Goldcat Orchestra, and they played fantastic music, and they had the greatest stars. And there was a trombone player, and he was born in 1903. He came to Sweden and toured with me. And he, the trombone player, and his trombone playing, he was like an influence on on a lot of with his tone. And I met him, and I'm very proud of that. And how about people that, maybe not from the 20s, 30s, or 40s, but just somebody in the last 20 years that you met who you admired, a jazz performer, a jazz musician, that you had a chance to meet because of who you are, and you really enjoyed meeting them because it verified what or validated what you were doing? I would say I meet almost every day. I was very glad I was invited to play with Postmodern Jukebox which I'm touring with right now. I am in Canada right now. And um, I was invited to tour with them all over America and to see this beautiful country uh, from east to west. And um, that has been a great, great time for me. Since you've been touring for many years, you've had great experiences. I know that you competed as a celebrity dancer in Let's Dance in 2014, and you placed a third in that category, but you were also on Sweden's Dancing with the Stars. You performed for Sweden's Got Talent in 2017, and did this give you confidence in what you were doing, or just simply validated what you were doing, or you just had fun with it? I had a lot of fun. It meant a lot for me in Sweden to be in Dancing with the Stars, uh, Sweden, the Swedish version. version. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, so, as I play jazz and I dance swing and charleston, it's a little bit different to ballroom dancing, for example. But that is uh, my whole life was that I think a little different to the main school uh, because jazz is a little different. Instead of playing straight notes, you play blue notes and syncopated. And when instead of dancing ballroom, you dance, yeah, swing. It's, it's a different thing. So I always have this in my spine to always jazz it up a little. Or not a little, a much. A lot, yes. Was jazz accepted in Sweden when you were first coming up? Or has it developed over time? Or was it initially accepted? in Sweden? It depends if there is a good musician. So jazz is a live music. Were there a fantastic musician, there will be a crowd. So, so it, it crosses, I see what you're saying, it crosses borders. If it's good, it's going to work. 
Yeah, that's true. I would say that um, in Sweden there are a lot of old people who get influenced by jazz in the 50s and 40s and so, but they are very old and they still love to hear those melodies. And then uh, in the latest, it has come with the young people, students and so, they swing dance. So there is always a crowd that will be, uh, you know, there is always two types of crowd that will be attracted to the concerts. But my fate, how the stars were shining on me when I was born, is that I, I play for everybody. And I try to attract, like, generally, in generally, not, I'm not focused on the groups who especially are, like, into swing dancing or heard this music in the 1940s. I try to give this kind of feeling and this yeah, happy feeling to everyone I meet. Your audiences tend to be multi-generational then. Total. It's from kids. I have a lot of kids following me because I do a lot of circus and, you know, it's, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, show, show things. And I, I have a lot of young people and they dance and, but uh, mainly, I want to speak to to every person I meet, actually. I think you're going to do very well in Las Vegas. I know you've been here before, but because, as I mentioned earlier, I think the best analogy is Louis Prima in terms of how you bring that energy and excitement to and the fun to the stage. So I think you're going to do very well here as well. Last question would be... Can I say something? Yes, absolutely. For, first time I came to Las Vegas, the first thing I said to myself, this is my city because everywhere, magic show, circus, big band shows, like it was like my culture was on every billboard everywhere. So I, all right, I'm on the right place. Now I only have to attract an audience. Right. That, that's why I wanted to allude to the Louis Prima aspect of it because people that live in Las Vegas particularly make that connection from a certain generation. And plus, now we have so many visitors, you're going to get a mix of locals and visitors as well. It has always been my dream since I was a teenager to set up a show in Las Vegas for a couple of months. One stage. Yes, a residency was what they call it these days here in Las Vegas. So I think it's going to yeah. happen. I think it's going to happen. Go ahead. I yeah. just said, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, my it's my dream of life. <laughs> well, I think that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Sweden's Queen of Swing. Gunhild Carling, or as we say in Sweden, Gunhild yeah. Carling. And she'll yeah. be performing one night only at the Italian American Club this Sunday, November 21st at 8 p.m. For ticket information, go to IACVegas.com. And for everything about Gunhild, go to Gunhild Carling, C A R L I N G, GunhildCarling.net. And you can follow her on Facebook at Gunhild Carling Fan Club and on Instagram at Gunhild Carling. And Gunhild, thanks for being on the show. You are a great host. You're best. <laughs> best. Thank best. you. Thank you so much. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.